No, I'm not fearful at all. Okay. Uh, because if I will be living in Afghanistan and the continuous fear mm. for my own life or mm. for any threat, that then it will be impossible to work and yeah. impossible to stay there and to stay the course. That's true. And there's no mm. time to think about your safety when you're back on the <laughs> ground. Exactly. There's so much happening. And in the moment you get in the schoolyard, so you, you're already there. You're already Forget there. everything. There's so much to take mm. care of. And when you see all these young lives there around you, so you forget about your own safety. This is Spot On. The new Spotify podcast, Spot On, focuses on the intersection of great leadership and diverse backgrounds that leads to unique and often surprising ways in which we interact with the world. On this episode, I'm joined by Dr. Ahmad Samast, who is an ethnomusicologist, the founder and head of the Afghanistan National Institute of Music, recipient of the Polar Music Prize, and tireless advocate for women and girls in pursuit of furthering Afghan culture in his homeland. To start, I asked him to introduce himself in his own words. I'm a musician, but uh, not uh, a practitioner musician, nor an entertainer. I'm a strong advocate for the musical rights of Afghan children and the Afghan people in general. Uh, I'm a strong believer in the soft power of music as a force for transforming lives, communities, societies, Mm -hmm. uh, bringing people together and uh, uh, improving communities and societies. And also I'm a strong believer in the healing power of music. And that's all this strong belief mm-hmm. uh, brought me back to Afghanistan in 2008 to establish a dedicated music education entity for the most disadvantaged children of Afghanistan. Because I, I'm very well aware that hundreds of thousands of children are working on the streets of Afghanistan. Mm. Thousands of people are living in the orphanages with no much perspective for their future. Mm. But also having a wonderful inspiration from my father who was himself an orphan and who was brought up in an orphanage, uh, whose life has been changed behind recognition thanks to the transformative power of music. And he became a superstar of Afghan music and mm. whose name is today closely linked with the history of music. And he became one of the legends of Afghan music. So that brought me back to Afghanistan to change the life of those disadvantaged kids. And uh, while I had that inspiration from my father, but in the last 10 years that I was in Afghanistan, I also witnessed the transformative power of my mu- of music on my own experience with Afghanistan National Institute of Music, where a child who's been selling plastic bags on the streets of mm. Kabul developed and, to be, and become a concert pianist. Uh, or a, a young lady with no perspective for the future, uh, again, selling mm. plastic or the selling chewing gums in the list of Kabul, yeah. become the concert master of the Afghan Women Orchestra. Mm. Or even today, the Women Orchestra that is traveling to Sweden and uh, next week we will be off back to UK. Again, in this orchestra, you can see how the life of orphan and street working children uh, change thanks to music. Today they're the cultural diplomats of Afghanistan. Mm. They're representing the better side of Afghanistan internationally. And they're serving as a role model, not only for the women of Afghanistan, but also for women around the world mm. uh, who are fighting for their freedom and also for gender equality. Yes. Yes. Thank you for sharing that. 
We talk a lot about identity on this podcast and here's just a list of what we know about you from what we read about you and from, from what you have shared even just now. Musicologist, musician, father, husband, advocate, liberator, asylum seeker, educator. Which one of these do you most strongly identify with and, and why, if any? Um, I always see uh, in myself more than anything else a human being, mm-hmm. a humanist. I strongly believe that uh, people, regardless of where they are, what they're doing, what kind of profession they're in, but their main responsibility is to uh, not only work for themselves and not be only worried for themselves, but also for the others. Mm. That's the way that we can change the world. If we will be totally centered and focused around our own interest, that will not be impossible to change the world, especially the world today when there's a lot of uh, issues and challenges that the international community generally faces. And uh, um, uh, poverty is an issue, lack of opportunities for uh, children and for women around the world, that's an issue. Uh, safety and security, that's mm-hmm. an issue. Uh, education, that's an issue. Mm. Because in many parts of the world, a small minority of people have access to education. Mm. Still around the world, there's a lot of um, stigma and uh, a lot of repression against women and against children. Mm. Even in my own country, when we are talking about Afghanistan, uh, what, what, the, what I'm doing in Afghanistan, why I left my beautiful life back in Melbourne, having a life of a middle class and I returned back to Afghanistan. Was it important there? Did I make an impact on the Afghan society and community? Did I brought any changes? Is my presence important for the country? They are all the questions that I'm asking myself all the time. And Mm. again, I always think it's, uh, I'm making a great impact uh, on the world Mm-hmm. in Afghanistan rather than being in Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. Uh, while I'm in Afghanistan, uh, I'm not only the voice of musicians of the country, but I also try my best to be the voice of the women of Afghanistan as well. Nice. And I'll try to be the voice of the children of Afghanistan. So mainly I consider myself a humanist with a mm-hmm. big responsibility for the well-being not only of the Afghan people, mm. Afghan children, Afghan women, but I'm aware that my small contribution to the betterment of Afghan children, it's in a way also a small con- contribution, mm. a modest contribution to making this world a better place and creating an understanding between mm. uh, the people of various nations, including building bridges between Afghanistan and the international community. Fantastic. You recently shared, and you even said, um, made mention of it uh, just before in your opening remarks, that your father was a huge influence um, on your commitment to making a difference. And he said, first and foremost, be a human. And you've just touched on that. What does it mean to be human today? What are the things that we need to live or the attributes that we need to see to be human? To extend the help the hand of help and assistance to others mm-hmm. not to be worried about your own well-being and safety uh, but also you should put the interest of the others on the top of your uh, of the, on the top of your own interest mm. and uh, even i can see that on my own work in afghanistan when i'm when i'm back in afghanistan because 
Yeah, I'm living on my own in Afghanistan, but I, I have my family back in Australia, my mm. children back in Australia, and I'm receiving complaints quite often from them that's that you, you missed on our graduation, you missed on my engagement, you missed uh, here and there. But at the same time, if I'm missing on major family activities, but at the same time, my presence is uh, making an impact and changes on the life of other people there. Mm. And therefore, it's important to be there and it's important to help others. Uh, I'm not saying that I'm a super, super angel or something like that, but I see that um, making people happier, it's probably the biggest reward that one may ask for. Mm. I remember where my father was not a religious person. Uh, while I, we, I've been born in a Muslim country and brought up as a Muslim, uh, and my father was telling us all, all the time, don't be worried about to go to Mecca to, for a pilgrimage. Mm -hmm. Don't pray uh, five times per day. Uh, if you make someone to smile, yes. make someone happier, that's a bigger achievement in terms of your religious responsibilities mm -hmm. than going to Mecca or to praying five times. So th that's always in my ears and that uh, gives me energy and that's, that, that makes, uh, the, the, that's probably uh, the credo of uh, my work and the mm. credo of my existence. Help mm -hmm. others, give happiness to others, be there when you need it. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. And I think when we bring, when we boil anything, any religion in the world, any belief system in the world down to just being human, then it doesn't matter where, what faith you believe in. If you are there to make sure that people are happy that you're doing good by them, then we have a great future ahead and I'm excited to see and learn about more of what you are doing in, especially as it relates to the Afghan National Institute of Music. So after, even after seeking asylum in Australia, you were still committed to coming back and coming home to Afghanistan and making contributions, which you have just outlined. For us in the West, we often hear and read about a war-torn country, bombs and terrorism. And for our listeners, can you paint a picture of what Afghanistan means to you or what an Afghanistan is through your eyes? Normally when, when I talk about Afghanistan uh, and when I'm asked a question that to describe Afghanistan, I normally, my first answer is don't listen to the international media. Mm. Don't believe the inter international media because most of the time you don't see the positive changes in Afghanistan. Mm. You don't see the beauty of Afghanistan. You see, you don't see the differences in Afghanistan. You don't see diversity in Afghanistan. But only thing that you can hear about Afghanistan is sort of the image of an Afghan people or an Afghan man and woman. It's a man whose face is covered by his turban and it's a bit of Kalashnikov. Mm. That's not the only Afghanistan. There's, Afghanistan has many, many other faces. Afghanistan is a multi-ethnic society. It's mm. a multi-ethnic country with many cultural values, different languages, different way of life. This is all the beauty of Afghanistan. But at the same time, I, I'm not saying that we don't have challenges. Mm. We have huge challenges. Um, Afghanistan is a country where in the last, uh, in the 20th century, probably the, the first country in the 20th century, where their cultural genocide took place. That's probably the only country where women of this nation has been deprived from their every single basic human rights. They practically were put behind the bar in their own houses. But 
now in the last 18 years, there's been a lot of positive changes, mm. but no one reports on those positive changes outside Afghanistan. And when I when I go for my leave uh, to Australia or somewhere else in Europe, and I'm following the situation in Afghanistan through the international media, I'm getting fearful and scared to go back there. But once I'm back on the ground there, you can see that everything is normal. Yes, we have challenges. Yes, you don't know when a suicide bomber might attack and where they might attack. They're the daily challenges that we face, but at the same time, since 2001, there was a lot of positive changes in Afghanistan, a mm. country where girls did not have access to any education. Mm. But today, almost 40% of the children and the, the, the young people enrolled in the school of Af Afghanistan, they are women. Today, in, in Afghanistan, we have women where we're not allowed to do anything, but they are once again a part of the social, political, cultural, and educational life of the country. That is a positive change that people mm. do not see it. Mm. But again, we, there are challenges. Still, domestic violence is an issue. Yeah. Violence against women is an issue. A lack of opportunities for women are an issue. Uh, uh, um, Children rights and children issues are uh, an issue. Still in Afghanistan, children are begin working as slave labor from in early ages. There are challenges that we should talk about it. But at the same time, once again, I come up to conclude this answer that Afghanistan is a beautiful country with many faces, mm -hmm. many beautiful faces, diverse cultural life, diverse languages that exist in the country and people. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. And we'll probably go into a little bit more about that as it relates to women in a moment. Um, but I'd love to get a sense from you and for our listeners um, who are tuned in, what is the essence and how would you describe the main components of Afghan music? And how does that differ from Western music? What is it about the, the combination of the two that's so powerful? I believe that while we've got different styles and form, form of music in Afghanistan, but music is a universal language. Mm -hmm. Music of Afghanistan is not different from the uh, music in Sweden or in the United States of America or in Australia. Mm -hmm. Music is music and it's just the approaches. Mm -hmm. uh, how we approach music, which theoretical basis we use for uh, promoting and also for developing our own musical culture. Mm -hmm. uh, and also, Af as I, I noted, Afghanistan is a multi-ethnic society and therefore we have got many types of music in Afghanistan. Mm -hmm. But by the end of the day, Afghan music is part of the same universal language, musical music, universal language that is understood all over the world and can be comprehended and ex accepted easily around the world. Mm -hmm. For me, music does not recognize boundaries. Music does not recognize uh, ethnicity. Music does not recognize gender bound boundaries. For me, music is a powerful force that overcomes all obstacles and brings people closer to each other and facilitate intercultural and people-to-people -people dialogue. Mm -hmm. And you, you've once said in our work as musicians, educators, and as leaders responsible for upholding the powerful and transformative gift of music, that we should never give up no matter the challenges. And you talk about this power of music and how it enables safe self-expression. Identity is such a key component of self-expression. Why do you think self-expression is so important in places like Afghanistan and for marginalised groups of people across the world? 
today when we were right now when when we are talking here again that's individual rights coming up very much in Afghanistan and again musical rights is coming up up once again in Afghanistan mm. and uh, I strongly believe that yes I believe and it's my strong belief that as a music educator as a musician we should not give up mm. uh, upon any circumstances because otherwise we will be depriving people from their basic human rights mm. and today in Afghanistan or if we will be silent again Uh, maybe those forces who once banned music in Afghanistan and deprived the children of Afghanistan from their very basic human rights, they're going to do this again to the people of Afghanistan, especially that today when we are talking that the uh, international community is engaged in peace talk with the Taliban behind closed uh, doors mm. and no one knows what they're discussing there. Mm. And uh, the women of Afghanistan are worried about their future. The artistic community of Afghanistan is uh, worried about their future and the musician uh, community of Afghanistan are also worried about their future. Mm. Self-expression, uh, the being able to live as an individual, have the right to choice, this important element for any human being. Mm -hmm. And therefore, it's also important for Afghans, uh, for Afghans in Afghanistan. Women of Afghanistan, men of Afghanistan, children of Afghanistan, they should have the right to express themselves freely and fairly. Mm -hmm. And they should uh, have the right to The, to choose a profession which mm. is close to their heart. Mm. Uh, they should uh, have the freedom to select the education. And also by the end of the day, while we have been all born, born Muslim, but at the same time, they should be have also the freedom to, if they want to change their religion, they should do it. It's human, basic human rights. I know that it's not acceptable in my religion, but again, that's the basic human rights that we should respect. Yeah. Okay. Do you have any specific examples of where you've seen self-expression uh, through the power of music play out for any of the children in 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 your institute or that you've observed in and around um, your experiences? For me, freedom of expression is not just to have free access to to express yourself no, via course. books, via articles, yeah. via radio interviews, but at the same time, freedom of expression is also to select and to have the freedom to choose the type of music which is close to you and you will be able to ex freely express yourself through that type of music, whether it's pop, whether it's rap, whether it's classical music, mm -hmm. whether it's Afghan traditional music, whether it's Afghan folk music. Uh, so there should not be censorship on the choice of uh, selection for music which is close to you and how you can freely express yourself. Mm. And Today, I'm, I'm, there's many examples of uh, songs which have been created in post-Taliban Afghanistan where men and women are freely expressing themselves and their beliefs and their uh, opinion through music. There's a, a beautiful song by an Afghan female singer about women. So in which she describes the polites of Afghan women in Afghan society. So that should that is a freedom of, expre mm. of expression. Absolutely. When there's a rapper criticize the Afghan government or the way that Afghanistan is run today or the social values or the political values. That is a freedom of expression mm. through music. And I've got great respect for those rappers who introduce rap in Afghanistan. Mm. And today they become an active voice of protest in Afghan community. So those are examples of freedom of expression in Afghanistan that did not exist in the past. Fantastic. And thank you for sharing those examples. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily know that. Sorry, go ahead. 
I even uh, might add here the existence of the Zora Orchestra that mm. is a freedom of expression through music. That is individual choice because yes. in the past, uh, even today, the, the participation of women in music is uh, considered uh, in, uh, an immoral activity in Afghanistan. Mm. But the formation of this orchestra and uh, the way they're making uh, an impact on the Afghan community and also the serving as a role model for the women of Afghanistan and for the women in the Islamic world and generally mm. around the world, mm. that is a freedom of expression. This is, is a freedom of individual choices. And this girl decided to be a member of the Zora Orchestra and they know that how much danger they're facing in the Afghan community, within the villages, within the areas they're living, within the community, within their own families. But once again, they made that choice and that choice should be respected. Yeah. And that's another way of freedom of expression and also make a contribution to to the betterment of Afghanistan and Afghan women through mm. music. Mm. And you see every day the impact that having these choices has on these young girls and women, um, seeing it in their faces, lighting up when, when they're playing a musical instrument, when, when they're learning something that they've chosen to do. On that note, coincidentally, today is International Women's Day and you're in Stockholm to bring Zora to perform as part of the Nine Muses Festival this evening. Why are women in particular such a pivotal part of the future of Afghanistan? Afghanistan, like uh, all other given countries, is made of two <laughs> larger parts, men and women. Yeah, I know that's, uh, that, that uh, one half of the Afghan uh, community and Afghan country was neglected in the past. But and that, that, that's I strongly believe that's the reason that we are much behind of developing countries and still we are not even considered among the developing countries and because uh, women of Afghanistan were not participating actively in all aspects of life in Afghan community and Afghan society. Mm. It, it doesn't mean they didn't want to do so, but they were not given this opportunity and they were deprived from this opportunity. Mm. But today, the women of Afghanistan, Afghanistan in spite of all the challenges, they gained a lot, but still they've got a long way to go t- mm. to make more contribution to the Afghan society. But when we are talking about the Zora Orchestra, again, it's the same. The, the Zora Orchestra is part of the struggle of the women of Afghanistan for gender equality and for opportunities, equal opportunities for rights in all aspects of life. And therefore, that 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 is a vital uh, it's it's significantly vital and important for Afghan society and for the developing of Afghan society and also for emancipation and freedom of women in Afghanistan. Yeah, for sure. You have also been a part of a campaign of Hear Me Too and Me Too Afghanistan. Um, do you want to talk a little bit more about that? And if you want to share with our audiences um, what the message, the main message is that you want to communicate as it relates to uh, women's rights in Afghanistan. Today in Afghanistan, many men are talking about the women's rights. Mm. It has become a kind of fashion, especially 8th of March. Of course. Uh, today, today, you will mm-hmm. see that all Afghan politicians, many Afghan on the social media, they will be putting beautiful photos <laughs> with the sign of 8th of March and congratulating women and supporting the women in their struggle. But when it comes to reality, mm. we should uh, look at their, uh, at their real faces. And every day, and instead every of just day. one day. <laughs> and clearly shows you they really respect and they really believe in the struggle of women and they're really 
to assist women in Afghanistan and the de- depressed women mm. uh, around the world to get their freedom and equal opportunity. It's yeah. not you. They still hiding the name of their wife. They still ashamed of publicly acknowledging their own wife and their own sister and their own daughter. It's 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 against their pride to post a photo of their wife and their daughters on the social media. But they would love to post the the photos of other people's wife and daughters on the 8th of March to just to join that fashion. But in reality, they should be part of the struggle of women for uh, gender equality and for equal opportunities in society. For me, if I want to show to the to the Afghan community, forget about the international community because we have to serve as a role model for our, our own community. And therefore I joined the, the many campaigns, including He For She, uh, Hear My Voices. It's my strong belief for in gender equality. I, I, I want every, every woman, every girls around in Afghanistan and around the world to have access and to enjoy the same freedom and respect that my wife and my daughter mm. enjoys within my own family. It should begin with your own family. You should serve as a role model. Yes. Uh, you can serve as a role model for the community. You can be an advocate for women's rights yeah. when you show in practice that, mm. yes, it's not just that it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a slang for, for me the, on the 8th of March, but I yeah. believe in that and it's part of my life on a everyday basis. Every and day. that's why when I, in Afghanistan, the establishment of the Zora Orchestra, commitment to empower women of Afghanistan through music, reserving 50% of the school enrollment yes. for women. Yeah. They are practical uh, steps towards uh, making a small contribution to gender equality in Afghanistan. And that's the way that I really would like the men of Afghanistan to do what yeah. I'm doing. Live it every single day. Yes. When it comes to the 8th mm-hmm. of March, I, I don't post anything against the, uh, about women around the world. And I do not congratulate women mm. around the world on the 8th of March. I put a photo of my wife or my daughter and I just congratulate, congratulate them on the 8th of March and acknowledge their support and assistance, what I've been doing and what a great role they had in what I achieved. Mm. This mm. is the way that I want to uh, make a small contribution mm. to uh, and also to inspire other men of Afghanistan that please first recognize mm. the women rights within your own families. Yeah, it's for our listeners who aren't in the room with us, you're actually lighting up as you talk about this. I'm, I'm seeing your face expression change. I'm seeing your, you become a little bit more animated. This is very important and very a meaningful work for you. This, is, this feels to me like it's part of your DNA. It's who you are. I have a question around a little bit about you and your leadership. It takes a whole lot of courage and a little bit of crazy <laughs> to do what you did, um, establishing and building the National Institute of Music. What kept you going uh, when it was literally a matter of life and death sometimes? And what leadership traits do you think matter when you're faced with such adversity? Working in Afghanistan is uh, it's not an easy task. Especially when you know that uh, you are under constant surveillance of the group who do, who do groups who do not like the job that you're doing in Afghanistan. I remember 2014 when I was injured in a targeted suicide bomb bomb attack in Kabul. I remember the first conversation with my wife and with my daughter over the phone. That enough is enough. You did what everything that you 
could do and your life is most and more, more important for us and we want you back to here. And in that moment, I knew that people who attack the concert of the school, they want me dead. It's not that um, uh, my life is not dead to me, but it's important that, that, uh, that I'm realizing now after the bombing, I realized that, yes, you are making an impact on this community. Mm. Your work is important. It's not that I would like to live uh, the life of a hero, but it's the happiness of the children who were there is what keeps me in Afghanistan. Mm -hmm. The smile of the children and the happiness that my work and my presence in Afghanistan give to the children. Yeah, fantastic. I'm mindful of the time because we're, we're we're getting close. So in recent developments, we've learned um, of fresh peace talks being initiated between the US government and the Taliban. And from my naive point of view, this seems or could be problematic for the future of music and musicians in Afghanistan. Um, what is your view and what is what do you think the future holds for the Afghan National Institute of Music and, and Zora and the, the symphony orchestra? Uh, first, I would like to note that uh, it's also strange that uh, peace talks are taking place in Afghanistan behind the back of the Afghan government. Mm. And uh, someone else is talking peace in Afghanistan uh, in the absence of the Afghan people, uh, in the absence of the rep representative of the Afghan people. That is problematic. And also the peace talks behind closed doors when no one knows of the out, uh, outcome and what's in the agenda of this peace talks, it's problematic. Peace talks without the presence of Afghan women does not mean a peace talk. Given the past experience and the history of the Taliban and the Taliban leadership gives a lot of worries for the progressive forces of Afghanistan that we should be worried because Afghanistan achieved a lot in the 18 years in the field of uh, women rights in the country. Mm -hmm. Today, I strongly believe in spite of all the issues that the constitution of Afghanistan might have, it is one of the most progressive constitution in the Islamic world. So there were is that uh, when we when we are talking uh, about peace with the Taliban, what would be the condition? It clearly shows that the Taliban has not been changed. While they trying to put a big good face uh, in conversation, but in practice they still as violent as they used to be. Still, one in, in the very first interviews after the, the peace talk in Moscow, the representative of the Taliban in the peace talk openly criticized the media of Afghanistan, clearly criticized entertainment provided in the media as an Islamic. And so as Afghan women have their worries, myself as a musician, and I've got also my worries. Will the Taliban respect the constitution of the nation? Will mm -hmm. the Taliban respect the cultural rights of the Afghan people? Will the cultural Taliban respect the women's rights in Afghanistan? Yeah. Up to now, uh, Afghan women were not represented a part of the two women in Moscow, a dialogue between Taliban and Afghan politicians, but mm. not representative of the Afghan government. There was two women. Rather than this, in uh, at the moment, uh, in all peace initiative, there's a total absence of women mm. and also cultural figures of Afghanistan. I strongly believe that in the any peace talks, presence of women and cultural figures of Afghanistan is significantly important to ensure the cultural rights of Afghan people are respected in any upcoming new governments mm -hmm. and if there's any changes in the constitution or the, in the leadership of the country. It sends a, a, a confusing message, I think, around where, where do we focus our efforts and, and how far have we actually come. If you were to look 
down the line and, and into the future around what you can control for now. What, what would you like to see happen in the future for these students, for the Institute, for uh, women in Afghanistan? Uh, the Afghanistan National Institute of Music, I, uh, I can say that that is the symbol of future Afghanistan, which I can see. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Afghanistan, that uh, creates equal opportunities and also respect diversity. Mm. Also, the program of the school is not just Afghan music. It's not mm. just Afghan traditional music. It's not just Afghan folk music. But we're also teaching music from North India. And also we're teaching Western musical instruments and Western music. In any future talks and in any developing Afghanistan, I really want to see that that achievement is supported and cemented and solidified in Afghan society. Mm-hmm. Recently, we had uh, uh, our nine gala concert in Afghanistan. And in this nine gala concert, the National Symphony Orchestra of Afghanistan came up with a new composition for the unification of Afghanistan through music. In that piece, while we show the beauty of every part of Afghanistan, every ethnic group, every large uh, zone of the country, but at the same time, we've been moving through becoming a nation through music. But by the end of this, when the entire audience joined in performance and began singing together with the orchestra, the national anthem of the country, which become or which was used as a code in this composition, it clearly shows, and I, and I wanted, I, I, and I made that a statement in that, that uh, occasion also, that's when the stage was full with mm. 300 young musicians, boys and girls, playing Western musical instruments, Afghan traditional instrument conducted by a young conductor. I, I made it a statement and said, this is the red line of the Afghanistan National Institute of Music and the music community of Afghanistan and the progressive forces of Afghanistan should be maintained and not be compromised in any peace talks that takes place between Afghanistan and the Taliban. And also I'm very hopeful that the, today's concert uh, will be the voice that will assist us to bring the voice of Afghan women to the international stage and through that stage uh, get attention to the plights of Afghan women in Afghanistan and the support and solidarity of other women around the world for the struggle of women in Afghanistan. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Spot On. Join us next time for another discussion on exploring the intersection of great leadership, diversity, and challenging the status quo. See you next time.